0: Following is a presentation from your friends at ForceCast.net. It's The ForceCast. Home to the official podcast of force.net I feel the force. At Rebelscum.com. You Rebel Scum. Here they come! This is The ForceCast Clone Wars Roundtable. You fought in The Clone Wars? Information, commentary, and discussion about Star Wars The Clone Wars. This is where the fun begins. in laser clinkers! Now, the Forcecast Clone Wars Roundtable. Anakin, Rex, Cody, pull back! All troops, pull back! It's the Force Cast Clone Wars Roundtable. I have a bad feeling about this. Begun. The Clone War has. Incoming, coming! All batteries return fire. No, no,
1: no! <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we are back with another Force Cast Clone Wars Roundtable, Season 3. Winding down, we're on the home stretch. As are our heroes, or are they, in this episode, Counter Attack, the second in a three part arc that reintroduces Star Wars fans, and, well, I should say, introduces for some, one Grand Moff Tarkin. Great panel assembled this week to talk about it. First, leading off with my good friend and yours from Chicago. My good buddy, Jimmy Mack.
0: Hey, Jason Hayes, Star Wars fans. Glad to be back this week to discuss part two of the Citadel Trilogy Counterattack with our esteemed panelists. Yep, that foul stench you recognized when you were brought on board is <laughs> the Force Cast. And we're once again talking Tarkin on the Clone Wars Roundtable.
1: Speak for yourself. I had a shower today, man. <laughs> a shower. I had a shower this morning. Uh, no foul stench here, but there might be one. Coming from Dan Curto, he's just back from karate class. He was saying, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's eating grapes. I don't know. Anyway, we got Dan Curto know. from Rebel Scum, and of course from the cast Collectors Edition. How you doing tonight, Dan?
2: Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, uh, karate's over. Grapes are all done. I'm ready to go. Got my glass of uh, you know beverage right here of choice. So uh, I'm all set. Yeah, what, bring Dan, it on. You may fire when ready.
1: Dan said when we when we got him on the line, he said that he was. Uh, he had just gotten, he was tired, he'd just gotten back from class, and I'm thinking, oh no, you know, he's just, his brain's going to be all mushy, he's been in class all night, then he told me it was karate class, and I go, oh, all right, as long, as long as you didn't take too many boards to the head, we'll be all right, uh, but uh, if you get into trouble to save the day, we've got uh, your other half, at least as far as the uh, Force Cast Clone Wars Roundtable and from JediNews.co.uk, Mr. James Burns, how are you, James? Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Good, James. You know, James like Paul Bateman classes the joint up with his uh, with his lovely accent, and we appreciate it very much. Um, good to have you with us, James, and thanks for staying up late. Um, for those okay. of you listening live, we are re- recording this before the weekly show to help accommodate our good friend from across the pond, James. All right, much appreciated. And it's appreciated to have you there. By the way, the email address for the forecast here, ForceCast at net. or if you want to reach these two guys by way of the collector's edition, you can reach them at Collecting at Case In case they say something you would like to disagree with, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> you it goes. You, you might. I don't know about it. Curto, I'm going to be very interested to see your take on this episode, but let's let's do the tail of the tape. Episode details here. Episode number 63. We are in season three. This is episode 19. Just three more episodes to go. Original air date, March 4th, 2011. Written by Matt McNevets and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Two names that should be familiar to Clone Wars Watchers. Um, and the fortune cookie. You know what? I don't think I have
0: it. Does anyone remember it? Yes. The fortune cookie is a yeah. take on Murphy's law. Anything that can go wrong will. Ah. Well, that's
1: pretty appropriate for this particular episode, I, th- I think. Um, let's, let's just lead off with the big one. This is the one that had everybody up in arms, so much so that Dave Filoni had to post uh, like a eulogy on his Facebook page. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, Did he really? Yeah. The death of Echo from Domino's Squad. And I, I'm I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry to say, but I didn't even realize that that was Echo until they yelled Echo. I, they all look the same to me. It's like, you know, it's like cars. I grew up with a brother that by the time he was three, four, five years old, he could see any car going down the street, tell you the the, the, the make, the model, whatever. Clones are like cars to me. I have no, I cannot tell them apart. I know that some of them are different colors, unless they're calling each other by name. I can't tell. So the drama was lost on me at first, uh, Dan, because I had no idea that was Echo. Were you? Uh-oh. Were you? Were you shocked?
2: I was. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because before that hap- I mean, we're we're jumping ahead a little, but who cares? Uh, before that happened, I was thinking to myself, well, gee, the clones really aren't doing much in this episode, except running around, and, you know, it seems like the, the yellow clones are the equivalent of the red shirts in Star Trek. I mean, they just get knocked off every away mission. Yeah. But I recognize the clone, our Echo, because of the handprint on his armor. Handprint, yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, you know, Rookie is one of my favorite episodes from Searsville really came into play, so, you know, you kind of have a little bit of history with the character throughout the season, so his his... Demise was uh, unexpected and a little sad. I had a little tear.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, once I realized who it was, there was certainly you know, a, a, a response. You know, I, I emotionally responded to the loss. But at first, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, uh, Dave Filoni, he, he jumped in here. He said, now, by the way, Jimmy, I hope you're not offended because Dave did not take such a, a stance when we lost zero. So I, Dave is clearly showing favorites here. I think Dave might have like he might have given folks one line. Yeah, I can't believe you know that guy started out. Everyone hated him. You know, that was it. Now with now with now with Echo, he's like, hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a very special Facebook. Right
3: he cares. He cares passionately about his clones. I know some of
1: you were a bit shocked at the sudden death of Echo in last week's episode Counterattack. It is always sad when a character's story comes to an end. I can remember when I was a kid and I watched the animated series Robotech. I was stunned when one of my <laughs> when one of my favorite characters, Roy Fokker, I loved him in Meet the Parents, got killed in action. It was the first time I had ever seen this in an animated TV show, and it made an impression on me for sure. I suddenly realized the characters were in jeopardy. It wasn't just fun and games, and that that character had fought selflessly for his friends and family so they could live on. Roy Fokker's sacrifice was meaningful. Such is the life of a clone trooper. They sacrifice themselves every day, often without thanks, to ensure the people that they are, that they are protecting Have better lives, people they will never meet face-to-face. Echo was doing his duty for his friends and fellow clones to try to ensure their safety. In doing so, he was willing to risk his life for the success of the mission. It was a selfless act, a heroic act. His loss will only make his friends fight harder to survive, to keep his memory alive like Echo did for Heavy before him. I'm sorry that some of you were disappointed, but believe me when I tell you this was not done recklessly and the fact that you care means a lot. Clone Trooper 5s will now carry on the memory of the fallen Domino Squad members.
0: And um, Jason, you do have a statement here from Zero the (laughs) Hut, who who says uh, it's just a a one-sentence statement. It, It just simply says... Well, it appears that in the Department of Eulogies, I got screwed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing. There were no tears. No no tears for zero. No tears for zero. And Dave's got to write this thing. Now, I mean, clearly, um, I think Dave was probably responding to some folks who were like, wait a minute, you know, maybe some of the kids out there and the parents watching this with their kids um that maybe there was some reaction there but i someone please james explain to me um echoes heroism uh in this instant because i thought that he just he just kind of ensured the destruction of their only way out
3: yeah he was <laughs> he just threw the fire to, yes. <laughs> to the shuttle he, he was kind of reckless he just <laughs> went for it he didn't think he didn't you know um just or you know g- communicate with any of his other fellow troopers and he just sort of legged it and did what he thought he had to do yeah but, he, but he, he was right wrong it. he drew the gunner's
1: fire right yeah. right into the am I missing something Jimmy
0: uh he was uh, apparently creating a diversion so our heroes <laughs> could escape <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> except he created well, a diversion at the wrong spot
3: <laughs> rather extensive <laughs> diversion <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, nobody he saw was that
2: trying coming. Trying to take out the turret, he was trying to take out that turret so that Obi Wan and Anakin could uh, sneak up on him, but it didn't quite work.
1: What he was going to go into the shuttle and use the shuttle's weapons?
2: Yeah, because that's what uh, Tarkin suggested. Oh, good plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think well, this. This. Yeah, this goes to show. Just how I mean, you know, the 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 reaction to Echo when when this show started, we were promised that we would get to know the clones as more than just mindless automatons, and this Echo was one of the first clones that we knew by name in the in this series, besides Rex and Cody, obviously. Right. Uh, so I mean, it just goes to show that that has actually worked.
1: Well, it has. That's true, and 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 yes, it's it's successful in that um, you do feel closer to them. You know, I guess. I just uh, I have a problem because they all look alike to me. I guess. I'm well, <laughs> I'm a clonist. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> well, he's I'm not one, the
2: first I'm, clone to die, and he certainly won't be the. La- he wasn't even the last to die in that episode, but it was uh, still sort of a shocker.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he wasn't the only one. That's the other thing. Now, when Echo died, we got the dramatic choral music, and that's the giveaway, folks. Those of you uh, at home, that something big just happened in Star Wars. When the chorus starts singing something major happened and that's what tipped me off that this wasn't just any clone uh because when the guy got cut in half by the which was really cool by the way uh by the the I don't know what they call them the in the tunnel security doors. the security doors right yeah uh he got cut in half and then the other clone right in the head i mean point blank range and that was hardcore um uh, but there was there was no, there was no chorus no chorus for those clones
0: well, we didn't follow their story from being, you know, quote, unquote, rookies to becoming an ARC trooper. You know, we, we've been following Echo through Echo. this is the third episode. Of, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's been, this is the fourth episode right. featuring him. He has his own action figure. He's, he's been around, you know, in, in the Star Wars, you know, pool of knowledge for three years now. So, you know, obviously uh, fans grew attached to him. Rookies is one of the all time fan-favorite episodes, and so yeah. it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people were upset to see him go.
1: Yeah. I smell a variant, by the way, or at least a new action figure, Dan. What do you think? Are we going to get charred? Uh, I, we going to get I charred echo?
0: <laughs> I, saw,
2: I spotted a lot of potential action figures in this episode, <laughs> man. I, yeah. I,
1: would
0: even,
2: I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it.
1: Yeah. the um, You know, I, I thought what was kind of interesting we before we leave the topic of dying clones is... Uh, is Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, you know, last time on the on the round table we were talking to the guys from the 501st and they kind of were pointing this out, Obi-Wan doesn't seem to really care and I and I I think that maybe his problem is he's trying to remember their name like oh who was that? Who was that? <laughs> oh <yeah>. but <laughs> maybe he's like me, he can't tell them apart either. But but you know, even Peel he looked ticked. He looked ticked although so, Oh, go ahead James the time. Daniel. Well, yeah, yeah he kind of does. He kind of does. But oh. I thought it was striking because they do a close up on Obi-Wan and then they do a close up on Peel and Obi-Wan is pretty much he's pretty you know, he doesn't really have much expression, but even Peel, man, he's he's ready. He's ready to fight. James?
3: Yeah, when uh, Sobek threatens uh even Peel when when they've been recaptured and says, "Well, you know, I'm going to shoot I'm going to start shooting unless you give me your half of the information." He turns around and says, Well, that's what they're here to do. So, you know, if you need to kill them, kill them. They're here to die.
1: Yeah. No, he says we're prepared to die. And I think yeah. there was a moment where it was like he was speaking for himself. He's prepared, but is he prepared to watch his men die? Because he looked he did not look happy. Mm-hmm. He didn't, but he didn't. Well, not that I expected him to look happy. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I mean he had an emotional. Uh, response to it, whereas Obi Wan did not appear to.
0: Right. Yeah. Even Peel could not maintain an even keel. It's, um, <laughs> you know, you try after a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan uh, obviously is displaying the, the Jedi attitude toward lack of attachment, you know, and I, I think that's apparent in, in this this instance. However, I mean, he could be. You know, as a general in the army, maybe he's becoming more battle hardened. However, on the other side of the coin, the Jedi also are based. You know, they're, they're steeped in compassion too. So they obviously must have felt something in force. You know, losing a comrade that way, but being a professional, being a, a general, you have to move forward. You well, cannot just you know stop and mourn the loss of each and every trooper that falls. At, at your side. Right. Was the, I think, was the clone the that
1: was, Jedi. when the, when the clone was the clone, uh, Jim, that was, that was killed there in front of even peel? Was that one of his men or was that one of the, the troopers that came with, uh, uh, with Obi-Wan and Anakin?
0: I think it was one of his men.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. That's sort of how I took it. Like Obi-Wan wouldn't have had, you know, maybe any connection at all to, uh, to that. And, and the folks on the chat are saying it's attachment, it's attachment, it's attachment. And maybe that is the case. Maybe Obi Wan is just better at keeping those, those feelings, uh, well, sateen aside, um, those kind of feelings. But, but I thought it was interesting. Also, about Obi Wan, he kind of, the moment when he sees R2, he says, Good to see you, R2. And I thought, that was, I think that's the first time he's ever been kind of, uh, well, happy to see R2.
0: Does like he actually acknowledges R2. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought that was... No. It's, a, it's a far cry from their reunion in episode four when he says, I don't ever recall loading the joy." You know what? It's funny, Jimmy, that you bring that
1: up. It's, it, you know, w- you and I have been doing this together too long. We just think too much alike because I had a note originally to bring that up. And I thought, oh, no, that's kind of a rabbit trail. We don't want to go down and start talking about episode four. But, but I had the same idea. And I wanted to. I just want to throw it out to you guys, and we'll we'll make this quick because this is not a roundtable about Ep Four, but this is the same character, right? Do you all think that Obi Wan is just still kind of playing the role uh, in Episode Four of kind of, of the crazy old man, and he's not quite sure how much to lay down on Luke? He's not going to be like, oh, yeah. that's the joy that you have, had, though, you know? He's not going to go into that, right? Or is or does he? Is he? Is it a bad? Okay, is it one, is a one two three? Is it a bad retcon issue? Um, or two, is Obi-Wan just continuing to play it, or three, is he a crazy old man and he actually forgot?
0: <laughs> Probably all of the above, <laughs> because, I mean, there's really nothing for him to gain at the point when he meets Luke uh, there in the the desert, and, uh, and Luke says, this droid says he belongs to you. What does Obi-Wan have to gain by saying he does not recognize destroyed at all or anything like that. I mean, what does he have to gain right Well there? and it
1: hasn't George said they're like toasters, you know, you might not recognize a toaster, you know, that right, you right. had a long time yeah. ago. But but it always kind of you know it is but R2's more, right? Isn't the whole point of the R2 character that he's he's more than that?
0: Right. Almost as if like he's your your faithful dog. You right. know? He's, he's yeah. man's best friend. And I'll tell you what, even though I haven't seen him in decades i still would re- i i think i'd be able to recognize my my dog from my childhood my springer spaniel if, <laughs> if i saw him but well, i'm not know. sure
1: right he might look I'm like another sure. springer spaniel would, it no. could be another springer spaniel exactly <laughs> i don't ever remember owning a springer spaniel <laughs> Old Jimmy Mac, I can see it in the future. Uh, but anyway, well, you no, know, thank you for indulging me. I, I appreciate it, because Jim, I, I I thought the exact same thing. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, Tarkin, the the foul stench. Let's talk about this. You know, I, Anakin and Tarkin, they are just they like they just kindred spirits. Immediately, it reminded me of this old uh, Kenny Chesney song. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but. I just—I have to play it for you because now think about Tarkin and Anakin walking along talking about the Jedi methods
3: one word that's all you said (laughs) (laughs) something in your voice called me to turn my
1: head so they're yes, having a bromance I there. I'm telling you. Up with the lights <laughs> And you are in my future. Far as I see. I'm telling you, there's a bromance brewing between Tarkin and Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> that song is called You Had Me From Hello, and that's how I feel about these two guys. Uh, they're just two peas in a pod, aren't they? They really are. I mean... uh. The, it's it's interesting to me uh dan that you know they they haven't known each other very long and of course they're under trying circumstances yes but immediately anakin is saying some pretty heavy stuff like yeah i agree with you uh you know the jedi's mode or the, you know the jedi's methods uh, sometimes cause us to fall short of victory. I agree with you. And it's kind of odd that he that, that, that stuff is right there on the surface to the extent that he's going to share that with a guy he just met. Well, Tarkin's totally
2: playing him, first of all. Okay? And I, I don't see the, the, the bromance developing like, like <laughs> you do. Uh, <laughs> Wait. I, I see it more as a, a friendly rivalry between these two. Who's exactly in charge? And this is something that develops... For you know the next few decades, um, they might be on the same side, but they're definitely trying to one up each other. Just not in physical, um, you know, physical tasks. Sort of like, well, this is what we should do. No, 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 we should do this. Well, maybe. But... <laughs> you know what I, you know what I mean? They're kind of like, yeah, I, know, I, I,
1: I don't know. I think they're ahead. buds. I think they're
2: buds. I think, I, don't, I don't get the I don't get that I no? get the rivalry thing. Well, maybe because I know what happens, so I'm seeing you know this develop. And don't, don't, tell really don't tell me! Don't tell me!
1: there's this thing called the Death Star. Oh wow! Is oh. it like is it like the Citadel? Uh, oh. <laughs> all right, I maybe
3: well, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I've watched the episode too many times. Th- <laughs> Go ahead, James. Uh, For me, I mean, the scene is so pivotal to the Clone Wars and it really, um, it harks back to the dictator speech that, uh, Anakin gives to Padme in episode two. And, you know, if there was a pivotal moment of the series where we see these two characters talking and if you listen to the musical cues, you can actually hear the Imperial March at that point very, very subtly there as they start talking. Mm. Um... And it sends a shiver down my spine because, you know, you're hearing these two people and then straight away I'm I'm seeing that scene from uh, A New Hope where, you know, where, you know, you've got Tarkin, Vader, and you've got Leia. Right. I like, don't know. It, it's, it's just such an important, pivotal moment. It, it, you're right. You're right, James. And I
1: think one of the things that I have to remind myself constantly – and, Jim, maybe you feel the same way – is I have to keep reminding myself that – Anakin and Tarkin and Yularen, you know the list goes on and on. They don't feel like they switch sides. They feel right. they're fighting the same side. They feel it's the Jedi that switch sides,
0: right? Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. The uh the empire to them is just the evolution of the republic. Yeah. It's not an it's not a new government. It's a different government, but still Maintaining the exact same purpose that the old government maintained, so you're absolutely right about that, Jason. There's, it's not like they they cross the street and joined the other team, so to speak. Yeah, in, in some ways they have, but you're, you're right. It's they're just they're continuing. They're just I mean, the, fight the Jedi right. exactly right.
1: The 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 war quote unquote with the rebellion is just an extension. Of the Clone Wars, is it not?
0: Mm. Uh, sort of. No. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's a how, civil war. How, uh, essentially, yeah, it, what Clone is Wars, the Clone Wars? Is a, is, yeah, it's
1: uh, a civil war. The only difference is there aren't clones fighting, or at least not as many right. of them. Right, uh,
0: right. So, I mean, well, I think
1: they're able to I, squelch this um, this uprising, which was staged. It's all theater. But there's a real one. And that's the one that Palpatine can't control.
3: The real rebellion. Correct. And that's the one that he he spends years trying to fight.
0: Right. Yeah, because it's unnecessary to him. It doesn't propel him in a certain direction because he's already consolidated all the power he wanted. And that was the purpose of the Clone Wars to Palpatine in the first place, was to give him the purpose to consolidate that power, to give him a reason to... Get the um. What does Jar Jar give him the? uh The authority. The, uh, the yeah. Well, what is it that Jar Jar? Emergency powers. Emergency <laughs> powers. Right. Once he acquires that, then he already is. By that point, he is the emperor. Yeah. At that point, everything but name Ends until he off. pronounces it <laughs> right. But from that point forward, he's maintaining his new order. Yeah. And the rebellion is the wild card that he can't control and doesn't want to have anything to do with. He's well, not going to be manipulating the rebellion or anything. He just wants to wipe them out because they're a thorn in his side. That's not the case here in the Clone Wars. It's an entirely, entirely different Well, like you, you said, like you were saying, Jim, they, you know, the, the officers,
1: Anakin, they don't cross over. They don't cross the street to the other side. But Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, they do. They essentially they become separatists. Well, they, don't,
2: they didn't agree with Palpatine back when he was chancellor, with everything. That he yeah, did. but they also they didn't agree with. But they all
0: out. right. But they also didn't agree with the separatists either. It's you know? kind of right. defined. In, it's kind of defined in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Padme are having that discussion on the the balcony in at her apartment, and Anakin says, "You're beginning to sound like a separatist. Listen to yeah. you. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, that's so right. I mean, that, that basically sets that whole thing up.
1: Right." Um. Yeah. You know, all right. I'm sorry. We got to get back to this episode. This, 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 would, this is good stuff, though. Um. Yeah. So, uh, clearly, you know, the writers are throwing us some bones here with, uh, with Tarkin James by dropping these little lines about you know how oh this uh, facility is so formidable and um or, or you know he, he was he's admiring the Citadel yeah he says it's effective yeah. it's, it's formidable and Ahsoka is of course horrified. Of this but wouldn't she be somewhat used to this kind of uh this kind of uh, 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 yeah, because she 's hearing it from her own master, I would think but not so um not so not over so the overtly. top. <laughs> he is kind of like snidely whiplash there a little bit isn't he like you know I, I could get I could get used to this uh, <laughs> <laughs> twirling the mustache a little bit there um. But it's still, it's still like you said, James. It's pivotal, so it it is cool, and it's a
3: great bone to be to be thrown. I, I want Tarkin to be evil, don't you? Oh, completely. Well, that's how that's how we all remember him as kids, you know, as being this evil, uh, you know, uh, dictator, if you like, who who had such a hold over Vader.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing I wanted to say before. You you were thinking of a bromance. You have to remember in a New Hope. <laughs> Tarkin yes. and Vader, they don't get along.
1: Well, they, no, they, they've
2: obviously Vader as his lapdog and as, <laughs> as a rival. It, and I always, when as a kid, I didn't know about the Emperor, you know, but I always thought Tarkin was the one in charge of Vader, telling him what to do. And then it wasn't until later on that I realized about the Emperor and stuff. But as a kid, I was like, wow, Tarkin is telling this dude what's up. He's, he's you know, going to be something. And then, of course, he wasn't. But, yeah, uh, that's why I'm excited to see them.
1: Well, I'm really I want to see this play out, and 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 we'll talk about it here towards the end. But the preview that we've been uh, shown via StarWars.com dot com for the next episode, the the rescue episode. Um, there's there now they're starting to get specific when they start talking about uh, Palpatine and a, a little bit of this competition thing that you're talking about, Dan starts to I think show up, uh, but you have to. Um, it's interesting to think why or how Tarkin would in the beginning outrank Vader. Um, and the only thing I can think of is at that time you got to figure the Death Star is, is being built you know prior to the start of Revenge of the Sith. No, I mean by the time you it's, get to It's
2: being end, built. It's being built now, isn't it? During the Clone Wars.
1: I hope so. I mean, that would be well, great. Okay, I think so we all want to see that.
2: In the EU, Tarkin develops the, the 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 Death Star in a secret mall mall installation, which some people have speculated may be this citadel place in the in the future. But that's EU, and I don't want to yeah. <laughs>
1: over. Yeah. 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 Well, but but what I guess what I don't think they'll
2: you know. go there. But
1: so, all right, Palpatine at this point would have two really deep dark secrets. The first one is. Well, he's a Sith Lord. Right? And he's yeah. he's controlling all of this. Um a secret that at this point I think only Dooku knows. Dooku knows that he's working both ends of this. Anakin yeah. doesn't know that he's working both ends of this. No. I don't no. think he ever knows it.
0: Not until episode three.
1: Yeah. When he realizes he's Mas- been hacked.
0: Masamita knows.
1: Yeah, Masamida knows. Dooku knows. So this is a huge secret he doesn't even entrust to Anakin. His second biggest secret is the Death Star. And that is the secret he entrusts, obviously, to Tarkin at some point after this particular episode.
3: So that, I think, is what elevates Tarkin, I would think. See, I have, I have a real issue with them building the Death Star right now. Because if it's gonna take them all this time to build the Death Star and have it ready, you know, for eighteen, nineteen years later,
1: mm-hmm. then
3: how can they build or you know, how can they almost complete Death Star two in such a short period of time? Oh, because they were
2: already
1: working on it. Oh
2: I Yeah, think. yeah.
3: They they were planning multiple
2: Death Stars.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it's a franchise. They- <laughs>
2: okay. Death <laughs> Star over us. We only knew about the one. Right. Had, you know. Yeah. It's like White Castle. <laughs> You know, before we before we only more gray. Of this, I yeah. got one question. That I was kinda wondering based on what we were discussing. Um does Tarkin know that Vader used to be Anakin at the time All of right. the New Hope. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm, you brought that up. Let's let's talk about it because we've got we got a ton of email about this. Uh no, Jim, we just got um psh- Every, it seemed like everybody was just trying to pick apart the dialogue in Ep. 4 to, to to prove this. Here's sure. one. This is, this is from Aaron. Aaron writes, Tarkin definitely, and he puts definitely in italics, so you know he's very adamant here. Tarkin definitely knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. He knows that Obi-Wan Kenobi was Vader's former master and refers to Anakin as all that remains of the Jedi religion. It would seem odd for someone of Tarkin's intelligence not to be able to put it... Altogether. And that's pretty much the, the, the basis of all of the, you know, the pro Tarkin knows Anakin invader are the same uh, camp is because of the line about Obi-Wan
0: and yeah, but how can how do you, you, you connect all the dots here? Because it could very well be that possibly the popular general public knowledge of Darth Vader is that he was a Jedi who switched to the dark side, but there's nobody identifying him as Anakin Skywalker. He could just be a Jedi named Darth Vader, who, well, you know. Which is like what we thought when we first saw A New Hope—that the you know Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker were two different Jedi, both being I'm trained by Obi you. Wan Kenobi. That is the the myth that is being perpetuated by the time of A New Hope, at least by Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm. So. You know, you hear it in the dialogue between Obi wan and Luke. You know, he 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 tells Luke that his apprentice was Darth Vader. So I mean, it's it it's wow. really left open to interpretation. I mean, if you really want to get down to you know bare bones here, it the the fact is is that A New Hope was was created before this whole mythology was put together and that was just a mere case of exposition. Now you have to make it all fit together like a puzzle <laughs> yeah. after the fact. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we keep running into all these little these little, you know, potholes and stuff right. because Yeah, there there are it's a good fact. word for
3: it. There's little potholes in the continuity, but is it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Tark- Tarkin must know because I think you know the last scene of, of uh, Revenge of the Sith is Vader and uh, and talking. Right? But he doesn't so, know who's in the suit, does he? Yeah, how would he? Yeah, know? but I'm, you know, yeah. I'm sure the emperor would have, bearing in mind that the emperor's uh, put a lot of trust in Tarkin to elevate him to, uh, you know, the position of Grand Moff. That, in my opinion, well, he would know that me- you know this this. <laughs> This person that suddenly turned up, James. Out you, of you, James.
1: You might not get this reference being in the UK, but, but it's a Seinfeld reference. You guys, uh, Dan, you and Jimmy. Uh, know Seinfeld. You remember the episode when George was talking about coffee shop George and relationship George, and the two can never yeah. come together. Well, isn't there like yeah. Sith Lord Palpatine and? Emperor Palpatine.
0: Yes, yes. You know, and
1: so he would keep those worlds separate, wouldn't he? I don't yes. think he would, like, right. be sitting there chilling with uh, Tarkin and being like, oh, well, well hey, well, guess what? You know, <laughs> let me why? tell you about this Anakin guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Want to know a secret? Well- <laughs> <laughs> Do-tality. you got to remember, too, having, <laughs>
2: having that knowledge of who Vader really is gives Palpatine a lot of power over him. And Palpatine doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that just hands off the power
0: right. to anybody. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. So he's
2: going to – and in fact, I again, EU, but I seem to recall uh, at least one comic book that delved into this a little bit where they tracked down the people who knew Skywalker's was the one who blew up the Death Star, and they they took out everybody that knew the name, trying to find him. Oh. yeah! And Vader was, was like... Vader, was that Vader's Quest? Vader's Quest. Mm. Yeah. Now, I don't know how this fits into the canon now, but I seem to recall that Vader was very much, I want anybody that knows the name Skywalker, dead.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Very well,
3: interesting.
1: I, I, you know, I'm, I... It's it, like Jimmy said, it's definitely open for interpretation like so many things but what i was surprised by these emails is that there was like no doubt in the minds of these folks um uh we got this is that this was on the forums this was sent in uh n- 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 who wrote this that's not signed but anyway uh this you can find this in our forums uh they have the dialogue okay here's the dialogue from a new hope he is here obi-wan Kenobi. ''What makes you think so? A tremor in the Force. The last time I felt it was in the presence of my old master. Surely he must be dead by now. Don't underestimate the power of the Force. The Jedi are extinct. Their fire has gone out of the universe. You, my friend, are all that's left of their religion.'' He says, "This makes me think that Tarkin knows Vader is was Anakin, unless Tarkin's connection between Jedi and quote their religion is referring to the Force in general, as if he believes that both Jedi and dark forcing dark force using uh, warriors like Vader subscribe to the same religion. Even if that's true, when Vader says he is here, a tremor in the Force. Last time I, f- I felt it was in the presence of my old master. He's clearly saying my old master Obi Wan is here, and um, so that's right." You know, again, there's a pretty good case to be made. Which do you prefer? Uh, Jimmy Mack, do you prefer Tarkin knows or doesn't know?
0: I prefer the actual identity of Darth Vader is top secret information known to only Palpatine and Vader. I don't think Tarkin knows. I don't think Tarkin can make the connection between um, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker, even though. Yes, it's true. Vader does reveal that Obi-Wan was his former master, but I don't think Tarkin has the knowledge to say, well, Obi-Wan really only had one Padawan. It says right here on the back of his trading card. You know, I mean, there's no way he really built you know, I mean I don't think that that the Jedi Order was an open book where you could just, you know, they had like a yearbook that came out every year and you paid, you know, anybody could buy it and you'd flip through it. I, I think that the the Jedi Order albeit a public entity was a secret society and they kept all their information very close to their chest. And I believe that Palpatine and the Sith are the exact same way. And I don't see Palpatine sharing that information with Tarkin. I don't see Vader sharing that information with Tarkin. Tarkin is a, a military man. He's a bureaucrat and he, he does not believe in the force and he really only serves one purpose to the Sith. And that's just to maintain the death star. Because the Emperor can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. So what happens? The Death Star gets destroyed. So when they build a second one, they put a, a, a lesser bureaucrat in charge of it and who, who basically has very little power at all. It's obvious that Vader is in charge. Are you charge talking about, you talking about off- Jared? Yes, I, I am. I like yes, Moff off I Jared. <laughs> hey, listen, I like him, too. He's a great guy, but he's no Tarkin. That's for sure. You know, he doesn't exhibit the ambition of Tarkin, he doesn't exhibit the creativity of Tarkin, and he doesn't exhibit the power of Tarkin. That's very obvious because Vader has the upper hand, and then the Emperor comes to oversee the Death Star as it comes up on full power because he doesn't want another Tarkin on his hands. He's right. been down that path once. He's once bitten, twice shy.
1: Alright, alright, alright. There's, there's another thing here, though, and, and I'll say it before we get an email about it. What about Yularen? Yularen's sitting there at the table... With his big old mustache, in his his shiny white suit, he's sitting there at the table. Nobody knows, is more intimately aware of, of Anakin's MO in terms of battle strategy and all the nuances and all the things that make him tick more than you, Lauren. Wouldn't you, Lauren... Point him out and we'll say he
2: did. He told Admiral Mahdi right before that meeting, which is why Mahdi was all uppity with Vader. And it's like, well, I'm not afraid of your power. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, right. I know who you are. You're that little you boy are. from Tatooine. Hey, hey.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why Vader's so mad because they're all <laughs> They're all dogging him. They all just found out in that meeting that he's the whiny kid. Plus, Yularen's got
2: that fake mustache. So Vader's thinking, maybe that's one of those guys I already killed. (laughs) I don't know. There's something going on. That
1: mustache is showing up a lot lately. (laughs) That's right. I love it. But uh, so Yularen may know. So I think between – the, I think that it's likely that they do know. It's probably just something that you don't talk about much. But I kind of agree with Jimmy. I think that it's – to me – I think that it works better that they don't. It's more plausible that they don't. And that, again, you know, it's not like Palpatine, even after he totally um, consolidates power, is going to run around and talk about how great it is to be a Sith. I, I don't that's think awkward. that, you know, I don't think that that's a, a focus. Uh, you know, I still think he's a he's a politician, even though he's a you know, dictator at this point. He's still a politician.
2: Don't forget that Obi-Wan's also been going around for 20 years or so saying that, you know, Darth Vader was a pupil of mine. So Yeah, when, but how many Darth people Vader, was he talking to though? I mean, he I was don't talking think to Luke. I know, but maybe that's like, you know, the new the well, new retcon story well, that, that Palpatine <laughs> is the
0: galaxy. Well, you I, know, <laughs> on the holonet. Yeah, I'd like to know what I, I'd like to know what James thinks about all this. Yeah. Um I
3: honestly believe that Tarkin knows. I really, really do. And if, uh, Dave, if you're listening in the office, then, uh, you, you know, call in and tell us, but, uh, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I do because it just all fits, you know, the dialogue fits. Um, and I, th- I would think that you would, uh, would probably have a very, very good idea that it, it is Anakin
0: under the suit, but would probably know better than to, uh, Put it out there. Now you're not just saying that because you want to stand by your countrymen and Tarkin's a Brit. No, um, <laughs> I mean I would, I would, I would obviously be siding
3: with Richard, but we're not going to get to that tonight. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Well, hey, you, you know what? I heard very little laughter when I, I said that, and I just want to go on the record as saying that I was totally joking there. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy's just being very stereotypical. Just as, he makes
1: a lot of assumptions, <laughs> doesn't he? Does't he, James? All right, let's, t- let's talk about this. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to, to describe Tarkin, but a couple of things happen in this episode where it seems like they're making a case that he's a bit cowardly, that he's a bit panicked, you know? He doesn't want to jump yep. out there in front of the battle droids, James. Um, he, he immediately is saying, oh, the shuttle is not coming." I mean, he was almost like yep. uh, like 3PO. You know, yes, I mean, very, you very know, oh, doom and gloom. And is that
3: consistent with your vision of Tarkin? No, I expected more from him. I expected to, uh, you know, see him, you know, leading from the front and be willing to get his hands dirty. Um, but then, you know, if you go to episode four, he's getting other people to do his dirty work there. Yeah. So... You know, I think I think his his his. Well, he's much to older too. You know, by the Sorry. time we see him in episode
1: four, he's much older. Yes. You know, he's he's an old man. Yeah, um, he's no spring chicken in the in the Clone Wars, but but he's but he's an old man. I was a little disappointed, um, Jimmy, that they kind of made him out. I, I'm with James on this. I I wanted to see him, and in some cases, he does appear very strong, although his his. Clearly, his, his battle strategy is always get in the big thing and use it as a weapon. Use it as a <laughs> weapon and a shield. That's his M.O. You know, that's it. <laughs> but uh, he wants to get in the big shuttle and, 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 and use it. Um, but I don't know. Was he coming across to you as kind of cowardly?
0: No, I mean, no, no. Seem- as a matter of fact, I think he was coming off more or less as, as self important, wrapped up in ah. himself. Gotcha. Yeah. Try to protect himself because he believes that he has a higher purpose as far as the war goes. And he shouldn't be out on the battlefield with these clone troopers. That's beneath him. And he needs to be removed from that situation because he's too important to be lost. That's a great interpretation. I like that one much
1: better than mine. I jumped to. uh, uh, Yeah. Go ahead, James. I was going to say he
3: definitely talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I like I like Jimmy's assessment that this is this is not about being a coward. It's about being you know he's he's too important. And at this yeah, point, this at this point, we don't know what he knows. How do we know that 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 uh, Palpatine hasn't already gotten his hooks into him?
3: Mm-hmm. True.
1: How how do we know that he? Well, wasn't on some isn't really on some sort of fact finding mission right now at the Citadel.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, how does that place work? I don't know. It's it's kind of he seems to admire it a lot. Well, yes, he does. And he is taking it in like a tourist. He's walking around. I mean, he's just missing, you know, the the black shoes, the tall socks, and the straw hat and the camera.
0: He's got every- He's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, sure. This is a nice outfit they have there."
1: <laughs> so, uh, but but uh yeah, but no, I mean, I'm I I think that I and I want to say too that it was nice to, I think we I felt like we heard more dialogue from him in this episode and I feel that um Stephen Stanton was really was really coming through is tarkin maybe it's just because i got over the hump of the first episode and i always thought he had the 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 gist of it right i think jimmy you mentioned something about trilling the r's you know uh, and 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 uh actually steven posted on the Forcecast facebook page jim do you have do you have that in front of you what he posted
0: uh, yeah give me one second here. sure I'll pull it up this was a uh, this was
1: a big surprise uh we didn't realize that it was uh you know that Stephen would have been listening to the show uh-huh. and, and so, uh
0: well, of course he he decided. yeah of course he decided right. to call us out over the weekend <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> He says uh hey Jimmy and Jason, Captain Tarkin here. Love your podcast on the Citadel. I promise I'll try to start trilling those R's for you. Sneak them in if I can. But you know, Dave is in charge of this. Thanks for bailing me out with the younger voice angle because I was getting worried. Be sure to catch next week's episode for the wrap up. <laughs> well, he has
1: nothing to be worried. He has nothing to be worried about, and actually. If you go back and you want, if you watch on StarWars.com, Dave's uh, director's commentary, it's really cool because they're showing clips from A New Hope uh, right there alongside uh, the stuff from the Clone Wars, and I would say that it would be very easy for a lesser voice actor to go in and really come over the top with the Peter Cushing, right? I know, like Jim, if you and I were doing it, we would be, you know. <laughs> You know, we would be playing it up, but there is a really good subtlety to the way that 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 Stanton is is playing the part, and uh, you know, there's there's a, there's restraint, which is I think good, and it's it's a, it's a sign of a, I think a very mature uh, voice actor, especially when they're stepping into such an iconic role, and it's cert- that was certainly not lost on him. So uh, great to hear more from him, and and I hope I get the sense. I don't know if you guys do, that like once these trilogies wrap up, like for example, this one's going to wrap up, like then that's going to be the end of Tarkin. You know, like we're not going to see like, oh, we've done our Tarkin bit. I hope that we, I would like to see him become a semi-regular. we would like to see him pop up from
3: time to time. Yeah, very much so.
1: Yeah. The question though is it depends on what he's working on at this point. You know, maybe he can't, but wouldn't it be cool to see one whole episode from the perspective of, you know, Tarkin working on the Death Star and nobody else was in it. You know, it was just it was just that, like some sort of, you know, um, issue or drama lot, going on there. I mean, just out of nowhere. I would love for them just to smack us right in the face with an episode like that.
2: Well, uh, I, this goes back, I think, to the first season. I, and, and, and you know, you just reminded me that, that I said this. I would like to see an episode told from the point of view of the Mouse Droid. Oh, you you, you have mentioned that, and you got your Mouse I Droids in this episode. The mouse Dan. Droids were in this episode. I was so excited. About this. <laughs> I'd like to Lots see what's them. going on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. That would actually no. be no, that actually
1: would be kinda cool. That would be kinda clever. <laughs> really it would.
2: It would. I love when they put in when I love when they put in original trilogy characters in this in this series. I love the, the look of them. And I, I, I hope that they bring them back. Every time they introduce like a cool character in this series, it seems like we don't see them again. Mandalorian, exactly right.
1: That's what I'm worried about with Tarkin um, that we that we won't see him. Um, something that we did see in this episode, while Tarkin was a welcome, um, the the, oh, the battle droids. Was it a little? Is it just me or was it a little bit too much exposition? I felt like I was watching an episode of Lassie, where you know, like R2 was talking and then they were like repeating Oh, Timmy's in a well. What we got to right. go get Timmy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> they were repeating, you know, everything. It's like, oh, man. Um, it was it was just a little bit too much. I wasn't sure if they were doing it
3: to be funny. Like, should I be laughing? Uh, James, should I have been laughing at that? I, that? Personally, I think it was a bit over the top. Um, I thought we'd got away from the Roger Roger stuff and, you know, we'd moved on a bit. Uh, so for me, it felt a little bit, um, I think. I think for the kids, it was trying to explain it trying to explain exactly what was going on. Yeah. Uh but I think for uh for us uh older kids it, 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 we got it straight away. So for us it was, you know, sort of uh, pointless. Um I I understand why it was there, but it it, it was getting a bit tiring. Yeah. Uh, I I agree, yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Jimmy am I being too hard? Are we being too harsh on the no. battle droids?
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought it was a little cutesy when they were referring to R two as boss. Um, yeah, that was cool. You know, I mean, I, I, I think that um, the Clone Wars has evolved to a point where it showed a level of maturity, with especially with the Night Sisters trilogy, and then big time with the Mortis trilogy. Oh, and it, yeah. uh, to to bring back the, um, the 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 wackiness, for lack of a better word. Uh, the the bumbling battle droids. Um, it is consistent with the way they've been presented throughout most of the run of the Clone Wars. But um, I think that not only has the show evolved and matured, I think the audience has too. And um, I don't know if we really need that anymore. You know, I, I just don't... Yeah, I think that... that think I. Th- we,
1: I think you're right on there, Jim. Is that it feels like it's a step backward in a way?
0: A little bit. A yeah, little bit. Yeah. I like comedy. Mm-hmm. I love comedy. As a matter of fact, we have someone on the phone right now for Dan Curto. Dan, could you take this question from our listener? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Sure. Here we, we go. Here we go. <laughs> Well, I guess a, a, a Wookiee was also in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the mouse droid. Um. One of Dan Curtis. Who knew that that would be one of Curtis? So, Dan, your
1: head just must have exploded when you saw the mouse droid on the little card
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, on, yeah. at Toy
1: Fair. Yes. Uh, he's, he's the unsung hero. Uh, James, James <laughs> did you there. have to like hold Dan up when he saw his, his beloved mouse droid on the card?
3: Well, after he fainted, and uh, Heather gave him mouth to mouth. Um, Oh God! More than we wanted. wanted Let's talk
1: about that. All right, let's go. Let's go to an email here, real quick. We got this. Is from uh, this is from Brent. Brent writes, uh, just had to share a thought on counterattack and the citadel. This is the prison designed to break Jedi. So, what could a non-force user like Tarkin be, uh, be? against the... Oh, so what could a non-Force user like Tarkin have against the torturous conditions of the facility. We specifically see Master Even Peel being tortured for one half of the information, so I would think that Tarkin, without having any Jedi resolve and discipline, would have broken and spilled one half of it before Peel. Yet we never even see Tarkin being tortured or even appearing as physically exasperated as his clone officers do when being rescued. It would not surprise me at all if we get a moment like the ending of Pursuit of Peace when we see Palpatine's villainous side appear at the end of the episode in a secret meeting with Tarkin as this, shows, as this show draws a lot of parallels to the six movies, perhaps this could be a stage kidnapping, similar to how Palpatine allowed an abduction to take place to lure Anakin. Perhaps this could be done to test the adequacy of a prison to bring captured Jedi during Order 66. It may just be a thought in my head, or could it actually be the reality of what we'll see this Friday on the conclusion Good job, Brent. I like that. I never even thought about that. Not at all. Jimmy, were you thinking about that? that look, what, look what they were doing to even Peel. I guess I thought, well, they just hadn't gotten to Tarkin yet. Even Peel got the short straw.
0: Yeah. No pun yeah, intended. I, 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 Well, <laughs> I think that th- their purpose was, was uh, and their priority was to break the Jedi first and foremost. And Tarkin didn't pose much of a threat. Just throw him in a cell and forget about it. Um, Probably cut a deal. He would well, cut a deal. Yeah, yeah he, he might. But what, Jim, do you give any stock to, to Brent's theory here? A little bit. I guess so. I guess so. Um, I like it. I, I like it. I like it. I would love to see the, the secret meeting with Tarkin and Palpatine, much like the ending of Pursuit of Peace, which I thought was really the only high point of that particular episode. It was. A, um, yeah. But, but imagine. I mean, it,
1: you take what, what Brent's saying there and, and what, could he, what could be revealed at this episode? He, he could be dead right, you know so a, you know the, the ending with Palpatine and Tarkin together you know what have mm. we learned well i 've learned that uh, he 's learned how Anakin feels about the jedi 's methods you know this mm. act could have been a little bit of a test. He learned yeah. about the interrogation procedures he learned about you know how one goes about constructing this type of uh, facility that to contain it
0: really does fit when you think about it mm. and, and and perhaps. Some of the technology in the Citadel, how could that be incorporated into something like, say, the Death Star? Right. So, yeah, like, like I, CCTV I, love, I love it. It's a great email, and I, I I love this sort of speculation. My my only problem with with wanting to jump full on board with this is. The, you know, we'll see on Friday, and, and we could be setting us, ourselves up for a big disappointment when something like that doesn't happen. But I love this kind of speculation. I think it's a very smart and very well-thought-out email, and I think Brent might have a future as a writer on The Clone Wars. Yeah, I'd like to see Brent's version. Whatever
1: happens, I want to see Brent's version. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump ahead. We, 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 what we do know is pretty cool, actually. They posted on StarWars.com a clip from next or this week's episode citadel rescue let's let's listen in this is more more talk more talk between tarkin and anakin talking tarkin tarkin you know
0: it's not wise to argue with master peel (laughs) it's certainly not a good career move general skywalker i stand by my principles no matter what besides i need not worry about my career i've fallen into favor with the chancellor he shall support me. Oh, I happen to know the Chancellor quite well myself. No, really? Really?
1: Ooh.
2: That's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, and Ahsoka's just kind of trailing along behind him just with kind of this, this look. You see the clip. So, um, so th- I don't know. I mean, is, is, uh, does this sound like Tarkin is kind of baiting? anakin a bit like Tark. you know who who knows more here does does yeah. are they both in the dark about the other one or does uh, clearly anakin doesn't know what tarkin's role is going to be or may potentially already be but does tarkin know what's going on with anakin
0: well tarkin certainly seems comfortable in his own shoes as he believes his career is on the right path yeah. so there must be something motivating him to have that confidence
1: Yes, I mean, what could Palpatine have dangled out in front of him to make him feel so so confident yeah. so secure
2: uh, huge space station yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right,
1: <laughs> just spitball in there, right, Dan? just well, well,
2: <laughs> Palpatine loves to play his 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 two sides against each other. I mean, he right. did that in Shadows um, of the Empire with Vader and, and Shizor. He does that with Mara Jade and pretty much everybody else. I mean, What's with Dan?
1: What's E-T-U with Curto and, and all the oh, EU references? What's going on? This is not Jovial J Shepard here. This is Dan <laughs> Curdo. You should be making references to toys for God's sake.
3: Dan, Dan, whenever you mention the Death Star, you have to say a cardboard Death Star <laughs> only available at San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. <That's
0: fair.
3: laughs> So when they build
2: the Death Star play set, we'll have Palpatine on top, Tarkin on one side, and Vader on the other,
1: and they're verbally sparring with each other. Just like trying the to EU. climb the steps. I'm sorry. You were making a point that this is established in the in the EU, that this is this is uh, standard procedure well, the, for Palpatine. In the, in the
2: movies too, I think. I yeah. mean, he always likes to have, you know, he did it with Dooku and Anakin, even right. even that split scene in in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, so I'm not even going to worry about you, Dooku. Anakin, go ahead, kill him. And Dooku's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, yeah. It's a, it's a means to an end. Everything in, in the entire galaxy is a means to an end for Palpatine. And I'm, I'm thinking that uh, sim- similar is uh, true for uh, Tarkin.
1: Oh. is gonna wrap our discussion about counterattack. Something tells me we'll have a lot more to say about this whole three-episode arc come next week on the roundtable when we see the conclusion, Citadel Rescue. A lot of great theories, though. I love Brent's theory. And I and 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 I I gotta say, I kind of agree with Jimmy Mack that I want to believe in the the purity of the idea that the only folks who know the truth about Anakin Vader are Palpatine and Obi-Wan Kenobi other than Anakin slash Vader himself so I, I appreciate that great time, great discussion guys appreciate it very much James Burns one half of Forcecast Collector's Edition and of course with JediNews.co.uk any final thoughts on Counterattack?
3: Yeah, for me counter-attack was actually one of my favorite episodes I think so far of season three it's reminded me a lot of the original trilogy um, it sat as a perfect ep- episode in between the first part and hopefully the last part and for me this could be my uh, Empire Strikes back moment of the uh, of the season Wow wow high
1: praise high praise! From James Burns. Well, James, it's always a pleasure, and you're doing a great job on the Collector's Edition. You guys, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Dan and James on the Collector's Edition, you must do so. So thanks so much. Uh, Dan Curdo can be heard on the aforementioned Collector's Edition and also read at Rebelscum.com. Dan, your final thoughts on this episode. I was curious what you thought overall, because you have been probably one of the more outspoken critics of the Clone Wars on the team. So what is the, what what say you, what's your final analysis on this episode? I I
2: thought this, I mean, I I did like the episode. I thought it was what it was, a filler between the beginning and the ending. So I knew they weren't gonna escape. I knew there wasn't gonna be a whole lot resolved, but I really like the developing relationship between Tarkin and Anakin. Uh, that I, I don't think it's the bromance you were suggesting earlier but I'm also very saddened by the death of Echo. I just oh uh,
1: Can so I echo that? <laughs> what? Can I echo that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you for the pun there. Uh, well, Dan, I'm, I'm I'm surprised that out of all the things that could have bugged you about this episode that you're just too broken up about the loss of echo i really am well,
2: i mean not a, <laughs> not a whole lot happened you know and and that's fine because i understand it's the bridging it's the middle of the yeah. episode between the you know beginning and the ending we're gonna see a whole lot next week or, or this week and uh you know i i'm looking forward to seeing it you know
1: i'll be here every week all right thanks so much dan appreciate it jimmy mack
0: yeah. final thoughts Counterattack. Jason, it was Master Yoda who said, Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things, but we as Star Wars fans do. And the Citadel Trilogy, especially this episode, Counterattack, has plenty of both. I really like the pacing of these episodes and the action, especially when the heroes are trying to sneak their way out of the prison only to find one, a- one trap after another awaits them. From security doors providing danger, as Clone Trooper learned when he was cut in half by one, to the return of the Episode three crab droids, to the dead ends, fuel pipelines, cannon turrets. By the end of the episode, we certainly understand why the Citadel has a reputation as the baddest prison in the Star Wars universe. And I really like the planet itself with its exposed core and all the inherent dangers such an environment provides. It also provides plenty of drama, and I expect we'll see more of this come into play in the final episode of the trilogy. I had a feeling going into this episode that we would experience the death of a character that we have grown to know, and it happened with the death death of Echo. And I understand many fans have expressed shock and sadness at his loss, like curto Especially considering Rookies from Season 1 is one of the most popular episodes of the series, but when things like this happen, we fully understand the gravity of the situation that our heroes are in, and it only increases the drama and tension, making for a more fun and exciting roller coaster ride. Nuke Unray not in this episode. Anybody disappointed that
1: Anakin didn't say, "Get in there, I don't care what you smell?" <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. We don't need to be recycling line, every line from the original. I tree. wanted to hear that. I really <laughs> I really did.
1: Poor Dave Filoni and those guys. They're so damned if they do, damned if they don't. They what a wonderful <laughs> smell
2: you discovered.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one too. They're all holding their nose. They're in that gas pipeline. Oh, it's funny. Hey, what Ahsoka, you wear monkey moves, man. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Ahsoka was like
2: super climber.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was great. She was great. It was fun. All right, guys, we're out of here. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time on the Clone Wars Roundtable. For the whole gang here, James Burns, Dan Curdo. This is Jason. Goodbye. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember,
0: the force will be with you always.
1: This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names and sounds of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Force.net LLC unless otherwise indicated.